listening to the voice of freedom, Lee Elsie on 94.9 News Now and Stimulating Talk. You know, doing what I do, every once in a while you get a chance to uh, run across a big star, right? And for whatever reason, we get these big stars on from time to time. And it's always fun to uh, get a chance to talk to them about a, a wide variety of issues. Joining me right now is a two-time Tony Award winner. I've uh, been on a whole n- number of gaggle of television shows, including Who's the Boss, Brooklyn Bridge, Ally McBeal. He's also been in a ton of movies, and he's here to talk with us this morning. I can't wait uh, to get his opinion on assisted suicide. James Naughton is joining us. James, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Lee. I'm fine. Thank you. So who did you play, by the way? What brother did you play in Long Day's Journey? Because I'm going to give myself a selfless plug as I was an off, 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 off Broadway uh, superstar, but uh, which which brother did you play? Uh, I played Edmund. Okay. He was the uh, Eugene O'Neill persona. Stacey right. Keach played my older brother Jamie, and Robert Ryan and Geraldine Fitzgerald were our parents. It's uh, it's a I love that play, Me but too. some of the monologues that you have in that play, it's like twenty minutes of constant. It's amazing, right? Yeah, it's about it's about a four and a half hour play. Sure is. It sure. Well, listen, I just wanted, I love doing it. I did it, got a chance to do it. And then, and, and so, so I'm in awe that you did it as well. Certainly did it a lot better than I did. But uh, again, kudos to you as far as that goes. So let's talk about assisted suicide. Why are you interested in this? Uh, th- this is called, uh, this is a bill that's pending right now in the Connecticut State Legislature. It's called House Bill 6425, an, uh, an act concerning medical aid in dying. And the reason I'm, I'm, in favor of this and helping to trying to help get it passed. I lost my wife after a four year battle with pancreatic cancer. And after battling like a a heroine for four years, finally one day she said to me and she surprised me. She said, Jimmy, I don't want to wake up anymore. And uh, when she saw my reaction, she said, well, we've always known this was a fatal disease. That night when I slipped into bed beside her at about 11 o'clock at night, she woke up and she peered at me and she said, oh, I thought I wasn't going to have to wake up anymore. And I didn't have the option that we're trying to give people today who are at, at that point in their lives, at the end of their lives. Um, and so I'm kind of trying to see this thing through. We're, we're very close. I should point out that this issue of medical aid and dying uh, in, 19, in 2015, uh, 63% of Connecticut residents wanted it. As of last month, that's, that number is up to 75%. So we're three to one uh, in the state of Connecticut wanting this legislation to be passed. It's been on the books in Oregon since uh, 1997. So there's a 23-year history and paper trail of how it's been uh, approved and put into practice and not abused. And uh, so uh, t- today it's in the Judiciary Committee up in Hartford. They're going to hopefully uh, pass it out to the floor, and there will be a hearing. And I'm very hopeful that it will become law in the state of Connecticut. Here in New England, we have it already on the books in Maine and Vermont and just recently in, in New Jersey. Uh, two weeks ago it was passed and made law in uh, the state of New Mexico. And there are a bunch of eight other states where it's been uh, being practiced for a bunch of years. So it's, we're, I'm very hopeful that we're going to get this done this year. Can you 
Can you follow up on the story with your wife? I mean, did how did that? I mean, did you end up being able to go somewhere to make her wish, or did you have to sadly no. wait? No, and, and I got to tell you that when she said that to me that night, she said, "Oh, I thought I wasn't going to have to wake up anymore." I yeah. can't tell you the the feeling of failure that I felt. Right. That I wasn't able to help her go. We were lucky because she didn't last a lot longer than that. Right. But she could have, and that would have just been a a nightmare for all of us who loved her. So I'm conflicted about this a little bit. So I'm 100% in agreement with what you're saying in that stage, in that scenario, or older folks who just are exhausted and they just can't forge forward anymore and they're in too much pain. Mm-hmm. I get it, I to- and I'm on board with it. I, you know, I'm certainly a a libertarian at heart, and you're allowed to do what you're allowed to do, what you're allowed to do with your own self, right? So um, the only issues I have is does this open up sort of a can of worms for folks who are just emotionally distressed in their 30s? And uh, does it, you know, lend itself to be troublesome for folks like that? Well, you know, people worry about stuff like that, but there's a paper trail. For 23 years, it's been in practice in, in Oregon. And for a bunch of other years, it's been in practice in all these other states. At the end of every year, there's a stipulation that there has to be a report if there has been an abuse of the law. At at the moment, the way these laws work is there have to be two different doctors who say that you have six months or less to live. Okay. Um, It's not just for people who get depressed and want to end their lives. Gotcha. There are a whole bunch of safeguards about that. Uh, You have to then go back... 15 days later and ask the doctors again. So there's a waiting period. Um, I have a friend, a woman who's dying of metastatic uh, lung cancer in Middletown, Connecticut. And um, she, she was a hospice nurse for her whole career. So she knows what's coming. And she has asked this legislature, please, to, to pass this law. But it hasn't been passed yet, and she's getting close. So she actually went out of the state an established residency in another state that does offer it. And just at the time when I heard this, I thought, oh, my God, just at the time when she needs most, her, her support system, her friends, her neighborhood, her home, her doctors, she's going to have to go out of the state and establish residency with a whole bunch of new people uh, in order to be able to get the kind of merciful care that she's going to, that she knows that she's going to need in a very short time. So my guess is the church groups are pushing back the hardest against you. I've actually talked yeah, to a few of them, right? Yeah, that's true. They have traditionally. But let me tell you what a couple of people have said about this. Um, former Governor Mario Cuomo, who was a Catholic, in a speech in the 80s to the University of Notre Dame, he said, in our pluralistic society, we create our public morality through consensus. The arguments start when religious values are used to support positions which would impose on other people restrictions that they find unacceptable. When should I argue to make my religious value your morality? And to that point, former Governor Jerry Brown, also a Catholic and as a young man, a seminarian, he said, I don't know how I would feel when I get, if I got to that point, he said, but I'm certain that it would be a comfort to be able to consider the options afforded by this bill, and I wouldn't deny that right to others. And in 2015, he signed the bill, and it became law in California. So I, you know, I think I understand that people have concerns about it, but I don't th- think that a friend of mine with whom I don't see eye to eye on much politically said, well, wait a minute, that's not right. One one group shouldn't be able to tell the other group what they 
do. He said, it's my life. Right. This is personal. And, and I, I think that that gets lost sometimes uh, in, in the way in which we talk about this. A couple of uh, very positive things have happened recently. The Connecticut Nurses Association has endorsed the medical aid and dying bill this year. And the Connecticut State Medical Society, all the doctors in Connecticut, have said that they want their members to have the freedom to decide what medical aid and dying options to provide to patients. They, they reversed from being against it to being neutral. Uh, so I, I think it's an idea whose time has come. It's been practiced in a, a lot of states for a long time, and there isn't evidence of abuse. Right. So that's what I think. You know, we keep saying we're a country of laws. Well, we can create a law, and, and we can uh, and we can administer it properly so that it doesn't get abused. And the, we can't lose sight of the fact that what we're trying to do is, for that very small percentage of people who, at, at the end, can't get the kind of palliative care that they need because their diseases don't uh, respond to it. Ninety percent of the people who do use this bill, bill are already uh, in hospice care. Right. So I just don't think that there's a reason not to do it, and uh, that's why I'm, I'm supporting it. So are there any other states, and by the way, we're talking with two-time Tony Award winner. I'm honored to talk with uh, the great James Naughton here on, on the radio about this assisted suicide. Is there any states that you know of that give this a bad name by allowing sort of some, not sketchy behavior, but no, nothing? there's no states out there that, like, because like I said, my biggest concern is folks are are too young and they take their own, you know, they, they go to this route when they don't have to, they could get psychiatric care. And no, it's, it's not like that. I mean, God knows there are a lot of people committing suicide, sure, but they're not doing it with this, with the aid of okay. this law. Um, that just hasn't happened. And you know, if someone were putting pressure on someone else yeah. to try to take the worse them, that's a felony. And, and those things get reported and there is no paper trail to, to support that contention. You know, I got to be honest with you. If you're at that point in your life and you're in all this pain, and you, and the other part of this that I don't know if we've talked too much about here is that when you lose your your sense of self, right? So you now become dependent. Somebody else has to, you know, help you go to the bathroom or help yeah. you get up. Yeah. Uh, that that to me would be a game t- changer, right? So I, I don't ever want to get to that point, you know. And and you know, I'm praying to God that I never do, but. I can absolutely see where when you, you know, you lose that dependent, you have dependency, you lose your self-independence, where that would be part of that equation as well. Have you run into that? Well, the other way that this law is sometimes uh, talked about is a right to die with dignity. Right. I ha- and that's what you're talking about. I, have a, I had a really dear friend, a wonderful actor named René Aubergenois, who died uh, a year ago in December. And when he died, he died with his children and his wife around him in bed. Uh, they spent the morning, a Saturday morning, looking at family photographs and listening to their favorite music. And then he uh, he, he took the cocktail. And uh, the last thing he said was, I, I want you to let my friend, all of our friends know, I'm proud that I live in a state that recognizes a person's right to die with dignity. Hmm. He was at the end of, of stage four metastatic lung cancer. And, he, and he, he'd been with it for several years and this was at the very end so yeah that's that's what we're talking about um and there are people who when they get to that point they go as as my wife pam said i don't want to wake up anymore right 
Yeah, it's it's hard to argue with anything that you're saying if you're a champion of your own personal liberties and your own freedom. Well, we all hope, you know, we all hope that our children will outlive us. Yeah. And we think that we all dream about dying with our families surrounding us in that loving way. But it doesn't happen that way for everybody. And for for that small percentage of people who can't get any respite from suffering, that's what this law is for. So can you tell us a little bit more, give us a little bit more detail about like the next 48 hours or 72 hours when, as it pertains to this bill? Where, where are we at with all of this? Well, uh, the bill was first uh, brought up before the Public Health Committee of the, of the Connecticut Legislature in 1994. That's a long time ago. And it's been defeated every year. Two years ago, I testified up there in Hartford. And we lost by one vote get, getting it out of the Public Health Committee. This year... We testified again this year. It was virtual test- testimony. But it was an 18-hour hearing, by the way. Uh, and we won. We got it out by, by a score of 24 to 9. And it was a bipartisan uh, group that, that voted out of committee. Uh, then it went to the House. They took a look at it. and They said, let's have the Judiciary Committee uh, take a look at this. And that's where it is today. There, there's a, a hearing this afternoon at 1 o'clock or it might be at 10 o'clock, they may have changed it this morning. Uh, the, judici- the Judiciary Committee is looking at it, and hopefully will pass it out to the House floor, at which point I think we're very hopeful, uh, given what we know about uh, the, the people and where they stand, that it will be uh, passed soon, and Governor Ned Lamont has said that he will sign it. Historically, what side is against this, Republicans for the most part? I think there's a bit of a split yeah. that way, um, but not all Republicans are against it. Right. Uh, and um, and I think that the church and people with disabilities have resisted. But as I say, you know, in 2015 there was 63 percent of Connecticut residents who wanted it. And today it's up to 75. Uh, the doctors, the medical society has come on board. The uh, the nursing uh, association has endorsed it. So I think it's an idea. I think people are starting to believe that it can be done and done uh, ethically and um, not abused. And, and uh, when they start to realize that and start to feel that way, then it makes it much more possible. Well, James, listen, it was an honor to, to talk to you today. I appreciate your passion. And uh, I, listen, I, I thank you for the time. And uh, is there any place folks should go to to learn more about this? Is there a website? Yeah. Yes, Lee. Thanks for asking. Um, they could call their representatives and, yep. or their senators or both today and just say, we want this bill to be passed. You can go to CompassionAndChoices.org forward slash Connecticut, and it'll tell you how to take action. It'll tell you what the, what the phone number of your uh, state legislator is. Okay. CompassionAndChoices is all one word, dot org forward slash Connecticut to take action.